Well, welcome to this special edition of CyberTie, the podcast where we dive deep beneath the headlines to expose the real factors that are involved in cyber incidents like breaches and ransomware attacks. And so joining me from the Lumen booth at 1761 in the South Hall of the Moscone at RSA 2023 is Alex Genovizian. And Alex and I go back many, many years. Uh, he is a strategic uh, analyst and interpreter for many different um, analyst firms. But Alex, welcome. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So just uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and why you're at the show this year. Sure thing. So um, I have been in uh, high-tech TMT for about 25 years. Uh, most recently, I was uh, VP of Corporate Strategy and Corporate Development at East Centre, which is a, an MDR player, a uh, global MDR player. And over the last six to nine months, I've set up my own business, which is uh, assisting with scale-up businesses and uh, investors in the cyberspace. Fantastic. Um, so let's just talk about RSA 2023 for a second. You know, my general observation here is is the streets are crowded again. It's back to what it used to be. So what, what's your impression? Yeah, it's a great, it's back to where it was, right? Yeah. So it's, you've got people on the show floor, but you've also people in all the hotels around uh, right. the square mile of, uh, 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 of, of the Moscone Center and there are people meeting and it's great. It's really the first post-COVID show, right? Since, uh, since three years ago. So I think everyone's here, there's no restrictions. It's great to see everyone back. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, last year, it was, you know, we were back sort of live and in person, but I, I think, you know, it was a bit of a half-hearted approach. And yeah, um, you know, that was my, when everyone asked me about the show, I'd say, you know, walking home at night, there wasn't the crowd. You weren't trying to, you know, move like salmon going upstream to, to get anywhere. Um, this year, it seems to be back to that. It's the frenetic pace that it, it, it always is. Um, so what about on the show floor? Like, what do you, you know, what are your general impressions? What are you seeing here? I think it's uh, it's interesting, right? So people were telling me before I got here to, to expect some kind of AI theme just because of the whole chat GPT. Of course. I'm not really seeing that. So I think what I'm seeing here is more of a focus on, I think there's a lot of services focus here. So specifically on NDR, I think NDR has become, you could probably say it's become mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people are talking about their own proprietary stacks, what they do for clients, how they mitigate threats. Um, so I think a lot of the vendors around here similar to Adloom, and I think I would say my first RSA as an independent consultant, I'd say that actually it is a difficult field to navigate in terms of how do you find differentiation from this new breed of MDR players. So that's my first observation, but I'd say also uh, if you go down to the other side of the hall where you've got the big hyperscalers, so you've got Google and Microsoft, right. I think they loom large over this segment here, right? So what are those guys going to do in terms of how they affect the, the sort of vendor ecosystem going forward? We know that both those guys make the big moves. I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the big guys are really kind of the climate, right? And the rest of us are the weather. And it, <laughs> it is true. Um, you know, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing a huge pop-up of the MD, N, N as in Norman or November um, DR category. And, and it always seems, I, I feel like, as we joked before this, it's a bit like I didn't get the memo. You know, and all of a sudden you see these new categories pop. And really what they are is, uh, you know, I would say is an incremental change on something that we've already seen. Or it's a new bow on something that was being delivered before. And they're just trying to find... Uh, I think a marketing term that aligns to wherever they see sort of the hype, right? So MDR, you know, managed detection response, and even now they're using terms like MTR, which is managed threat response. So this is, you know, trying to move from the, okay, you've responded, or sorry, you've detected and responded in the sense of you sent an alert to a client. Now they're trying to say, we have to do something about it. But the T yeah. now is the, are you actually containing, are you actually doing, you know, taking those kind of actions um, on behalf of your client? I've seen that, and of course, you know, I think, 
where I, I try not to become, you know, too, the glass is half empty, but, you know, when I walk by some of the booths, you see just the ridiculous, you know, taglines and hyperbole, you know, like, yeah. um, and cyber risks. And, you know, when I see that kind of stuff, it, it frustrates me because I feel like this is where, you know, the security industry gets a bad name, yeah. right? Because it's this hyperbolic, you know, holy grail promise of everything it's going to do. And then of course it's simply not true. And then we go back to this defense in depth argument, you know, as a sort of a response when, you know, we can't bear out all these false promises that we made at the shows. And I wish we'd just be, you know, I think you and I are a bit more like, why don't we just, you know, be honest about it, talk about what we do and what we do well and other places where we don't, so that customers, as you say, like these prospective buyers here, really have a better opinion of what they're doing. And so it almost, you know, it feels a bit, it's a little more circus than, you know, than, than due diligence, but I suppose that's, you know, that's what these big shows are about. So Mark, have you, in your conversations with clients or prospects, right. have you been on the show floor for, I guess, you know, almost the whole day now, Yeah. have you noticed any kind of different interactions? Is, is the buyer, potential buyer, becoming more savvy around the solutions? Have, yeah. have you seen any change? So I would agree, I think that's an excellent observation. And yes, I do think that there's a lot more um, second generation buyers. So those that have already you know, purchased a, a, a category of service, whether that's endpoint or managed detection response or whatever, threat intelligence, whatever it might be. And so now they're experienced with the vendor set, they're experienced with what that service or tool can bring to them, but they're also recognizing the limitations and the gaps. And so now they are more, I think, savvy when it does come to asking questions. So I've, I'm noticing with demonstrations, for example, here in our stand, that you know, they're asking more specific types of questions and they're looking for deeper evidence. It's not just, oh, you have a pretty yeah. chart. I'd really, like, show me how you actually go and take that, that alert or that detection that you flagged and now you know, show me how you've investigated it and now take me over to the action side where you can do something for it. And, you know, and I had a conversation earlier actually with a, a dark web um, threat research company called Dark Owl and they were showing some really interesting kind of predictive telemetry where what they did is they they looked at some of some of the events that occurred in the wild, so ransomware attacks and you know massive data breaches, and then they went back to all that you know the, the billions and billions of, of data points that they had from you know trolling dark markets and forums, and they tried to look for patterns. And what they saw were spikes that preceded these events. So you know it's kind of like there is some kind of you know humming that goes on and and you know this frenetic activity before there's an attack, and then going now trying to look at that in the future. And I think that stuff's interesting. The problem with, uh, not with that tool specifically, but I think with a lot of this technology is that the clients don't always have the acumen or the, or the capability to use it, right? So that's, that's, like, that's an interesting observation and data point, but it's like, okay, now, so, so what, right? What do I, what does that mean? What do I do? Do I alert my employees? Do I batten down the hatches? You know, what, you know, metaphorically, what sort of action do we take? And I still think that's a bit of a struggle. We're selling, um, how do I put it? We're selling a solution, but I I don't know that it's it's a it's really a holistic solution. It's you know it kicks the can a little farther down the road. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. I think there's you, you mentioned. I think you were talking earlier about the industry perhaps not making it easy for themselves, right? In terms of the fragmentation and also the taxonomy. Yes. Um, do you find it easy? So when you're talking to clients, to differentiate how you deal with deal with solutions for your clients versus, I guess, the other providers on the, on the show floor in terms of offering MDR services? Yeah, so I would put the, um, the competitors that we're up against, I think, are in two broad buckets. So one of them is uh, pure play MDR players, right? 
And these are the ones that, um, you know, they have their own proprietary stack of detection and response technology that their SOC uses to protect their customers. And so that's the sort of a bit of the black box kind of approach. I would consider that to sort of be the gen one of MDR. You know, managing my device isn't enough. I need somebody to manage the threats. We can do that, but you're gonna trade off visibility and control. And now they're looking to go beyond that and say, I, I, I don't wanna do that. I still wanna be able to run reports. I wanna be able to co-manage it because I have a heightened level of sophistication. So how can I interact with the tool in parallel to whatever your SOC right. is doing? And so for us, it's fairly easy because, you know, up on the screens, we can show you a demo um, because it's lightweight and cloud-based and all that kind of, you know, great, great stuff. Um, so it is easier versus, you know, sort of telling the stories or having to pull out the PowerPoint decks or have the very beautiful flow diagrams to show how a SOC responds. But I do think there's a, you know, I guess like cybersecurity and dealing with threats, there's a tremendous amount of noise and you got to wade through that to get to the signal. So it's the first step, right? I think it's, you know, really what am I trying to achieve here? Enough of a connection and a kind of a memory seed with that individual that they will go back and say, all right, I want to contact them again. I do want a proper demo. I want to get, you know, the other stakeholders involved, maybe, um, you know, do a proof of concept or something along those lines. Because, you know, what you've said sounds great, but let's all be honest, every other circus performer here is, you know, claiming that, you know, they, 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 uh, they cure all ales and world peace. And, and I think I did see something resembling a circus performer here on, on the show floor a bit earlier, Mark, so. Yeah, I did, and there's the, uh, apparently the Wizard of Oz and the Scarecrow and his, his uh, the Tin Man and so on were, yes, just down the row, which is fairly, fairly interesting. I do see is, um, you know, what I do, I would also say as an observation is, um, there's a lot of, I would call it sort of booth or presence repetition here, where it's, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a talk year versus a tick year kind of year, you know, like the idea of, you know, the, the iPhone or something, you, know, you come out with a brand new model, and then the following years are, we just sort of tweak and, you know, marginally improve it. I feel it's sort of the same thing with a lot of these, it's the same booths again, it's the same, you know, they got the Formula One car, or they have the circus performer, or the whatever it might be. So I don't know how much of that is, you know, everyone's just kind of, you know, trying to hang on and gauge where the economy goes, which is actually a question I wanted to ask because, you know, both you and I spent some time with a bunch of different investors. So, you know, what, were, what was the impression you got from, from speaking to them about, about that? You know, do you, do you, is it a bull market? Well, it's not. Is, you know, is, is it a bear market? Are we seeing, you know, is there money out there? Are they willing to invest or how has that changed? Um, I, think, I think it's a great question. I think the the overall sentiment seems to be positive. Um, there's obviously been a correction that's affected everyone in terms of valuations. I think there's a gap. Yeah. There seems to be a gap between uh, the expectations of the seller and what someone is prepared to pay. And I think yeah. That, yeah, and I that's agree. because of what has been put into those businesses and how they get money out. And, and you know, right. that's complicit in the system. I, I think that the era of growth that they expect that the, uh, you know, growth without any kind of uh, fiscal prudence on the balance sheet was sort of pretty much gone for this period of time at least, yeah. which is, I think, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so that correction possibly was needed. Uh, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of dry powder out there, right? There's I a lot agree. of people waiting. There's a lot of uh, financing rounds, I think, still taking place um, for the right kind of organization. So the, the companies with you know, good balance sheets, good models, good gross margins, I think are still going to be very attractive going forward. So I heard something similar at the uh, AGC investment conference this, the, uh, yesterday was the same sort of thing. It is a bit of a bear market. Um, it's non-aggressive. But yeah, it, it feels like it's, it's more of a reality check rather than some kind of halting. 
Um, so yeah, they are asking questions. They really are looking at, at your spend and, and determining whether or not your burn rate is within an acceptable range. Do you have a sort of a reasonable track to, you know, EBITDA positive or at least neutral and within a reasonable frame, you know, time of framework? And I think that's, that's the difference versus this, you've got a really cool flashy box or you know, your marketing yeah. seems to be quite slick and there's a tremendous amount of interest, so we're just gonna buy you up and, and hope for the best. So they do seem to be, again, a bit like the buyers are your tech, it seems the investors are taking more of a prudent and informed approach, which I don't think is a, don't think it's a bad thing, right? Because there no. is, there are, you know, the reality is you see how many of these companies pop up like 20 by 20 booth mushrooms that, you know, make it for the season and then, you know, two years from now or a year from now are gone because they blew out whatever, you know, whatever VC capital they were given. I think it's, it's a great point, Mark. I think the other, the other trend, I think, is if you look at uh, any kind of like taxonomy or cyber vendors. So I think Momentum Cyber has a great one, which you pull up and they, they put all the categories of vendors in different areas of the cyber security kind of MISA framework, right? And there are thousands. Right. And I guess the question is, is that sustainable to have this number of vendors offering things that are so adjacent to I agree. a buyer? I agree. Uh, and coming back to the MDR space or the services space, um, you could say that MDR has displaced a traditional MSSP, right? So focused on, I guess, for isolation, containment, as opposed to just managing firewalls, et cetera. However, in the MSSP space, there were basically probably 10 major vendors from the Verizons, IBMs, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at companies claiming to do MDR, probably in the hundreds. So, Agreed. And none of those is doing more than probably Agreed. 200 million. So what's going to happen? Is it, is it possible to have a market where you have so many services vendors claiming to have their own proprietary technology moving forward like that? No, probably I agree. So, so that's probably a, a positive thing in terms of consolidation in the market. I don't know when it will happen, but, but that's probably going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of the Betamax VHS kind of scenario, right? I think eventually you do have to get that consolidation. And I think that, that drive for consolidation is actually happening at a couple of levels. So I did hear investors yesterday speaking about wanting to not just in, in, invest tactically in particular um, uh, portfolio companies, but to collect a sort of a stable of strategically aligned offerings so that they could almost go to, you know, those companies could all kind of jointly go to market and make sure that across all those boards, they could coordinate their kind of, you know, positioning. And, and, and I think that's not, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. It'll be interesting to see if the investors can do that. But in the, you know, down in the trenches on the field, that's what customers want, right? You know, and, and I see that with, um, you know, even with uh, things like managed service providers and so on, is recognizing these are the five things I need to deliver to the market. So I want to find a group of providers that I can put together that you know don't overlap too much, that aren't competing with each other, that aren't creating this. Oh well, you know, one can manage three of the five, but this other one, you know, has as you said, these you know this sort of proprietary problem, right? Of, of you know, doesn't play nice with others. Um, and, and I think that's got to be the reality. And then, frankly, just the number. When you think about things like uh, MDR, if I take Gartner's number, I think the growth, you know, coming in, up in, by 2025 is, you know, talking about being like a $15 billion market. And you're right, there's hundreds of these companies. So what does that mean? What's their, you know, what's their realistic TAM, or I guess SAM, right? Like, if they're all slicing that pie, none of them are getting to 200 million or 400 million or, you know, something like this. It's just not going to occur. Um, and the other observation I would say too that I've seen is it seems that IPO right now is just, uh, we don't talk about IPO, it's like Voldemort or something, right? It's like he shall not be named at the moment. So 
you know, maybe that's another sign of the economy, but you know, that doesn't mean the business hasn't stopped. It doesn't mean investment's not there, and it doesn't mean that there won't be strategic acquisitions. Yeah, and I mean, look, the money's still out there for the right investment. So I think it was last week a company called Coro, which has a single pane of glass S&D focused business. You know, I think it's at a $500 million valuation off right. $35 million. So where investors still see a, a great opportunity, they, they will invest. Right. Um, but I'd say, like you said, it's not a bad thing for companies to be expected to make money. Yep, yep. <laughs> as opposed to just uh, focus on growth and, and, and cash burn. So that's probably a good correction um, for all investors. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's, it's right. Companies just can't be buying free lunches for employees constantly all day and not delivering. So, Alex, any final thoughts for our listeners here? I know we've, uh, we're kind of coming up on the clocks, and, and I don't want to take more of your time. I know the show closes in an hour or so. No, it's, I think it's good, Mark. I think it's been a great conversation. I think uh, one other last thought, perhaps, is that um, I used to, in the previous life, used to work in the telecom space. And um, I used to go to uh, Mobile World Congress, which used yes. to be in... In Barcelona? Yeah. yeah. And one of, the, one of the significant things about that Congress, even though it was the Mobile World Congress, was that Apple never went. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think we started off talking about Microsoft and Google at the other end of the river. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen where they take so much share that they don't need to come to the event and they have their own closed forums, but yeah. it'll be interesting to observe in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting. That's not the first time either. Apple, uh, I used to, years and years ago, I used to attend a show called the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, and that was everything from you know TV cameras and studios to green screens and, and all that kind of stuff. And Apple used to own about half of the floor for you know video editing, and you know they would do these live presentations where they'd be editing the next episode of some program that actually hadn't come out yet, right? And I remember at the time, you know, date myself here, it was that uh, Kiefer Sutherland show, Twenty Four, right? Yep. Yep. And it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, and then Apple one year said, you know, we are spending millions and millions to be here. Everybody knows who we are. Everyone buys our product. They're not going to stop buying it or forget our name because we're not at the show. And they pulled, and it was like, you know, it was like when the anchor left the conference, right? You know, it's like, well, nobody came to buy cameras. You know, that was, the, you know, so it, it, it really did feel like the, the, you know, the reason to be there, the, um, how do I put it, you know, the center stage or the main, you know, the center court, you know, had vanished, but is what it is. So Alex, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, I appreciate it. And I know we'll be, uh, we'll probably be uh, bumping into each other again during the show over the next couple of days. And, and of course, safe travels back to the UK. Great to see you, Mark. And you. Good luck with the show. Thank you.